Welcome back to Four Worlds Torah, digging for treasures in the Torah, treasures that matter for our lives and for the world. I'm Rabbi Shoshana Lis. I'm here with Rabbi Magid Charna Rosenholtz. And today we are exploring the Torah portion, which is the 14th Torah portion of the Torah reading cycle, Parshat Vaera, and I appeared. Beginning with God, reflecting on God's self, I appeared as X, now I appear as Y. We have new God names being generated, new ways of relating. And today we're going to focus on relational technologies and what we can learn from this week's Torah portion about how to improve our communication, our relationships, our listening, our projections that we might do subconsciously, and that interfere with deep connection, which we're all seeking with others. Rabbi Rosenholz. Thank you so much. I love that introduction, Rabbi Shoshana. And today we're going to focus on chapter 6, verse 30 in this Parsha. As you all know, or those of you who are new to this podcast, we'd like to take a single sentence and explore it in depth to see how can that beautiful sentence give us wisdom and understanding of how to better approach our lives. And of course, we're focusing on relationship, as you said. So the sentence says, then Moses said before the yud heh vav -Hey principle of God, behold, I have closed up lips or, unser or there's a foreskin upon my lips. How then will Pharaoh listen to me? Here is Moses standing before this emergent face of God, yud heh vav -Hey God, and saying, look, I know you want me to do this, but I doubt myself. My lips feel like they have a foreskin upon them. How possibly, if I can't speak clearly, can Pharaoh hear me? And one of the things we want to start with in this Today's lesson is, what does it mean to have a foreskin on our lips? And the question is, is there any other place within Hebrew scripture that talks about an organ having foreskin upon it? Yeah, well, I, um, I'm struck by Moshe's lack of confidence and the focus being his mouth, his speech, what is it that's stopping him from being, as it says in the next verse, in the role of Elohim? So in the way of being a powerful presence, one that can bring about powerful change and freedom for many, many slaves, what's in the way? Something to do with his mouth, his tongue, his speaking, his lips. So let's explore that more deeply. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I can relate to that. Uh, there was a time in my life where I felt I had a lot to say and I had no confidence. And every time I would open my mouth, my tongue would trip in my mouth and it didn't seem like it was connected to my brain. 
how am I going to get through this? I thought to myself, because I felt as if that words wanted to pour out of me. I was inspired by my grandfather. I didn't really know him, but through my own dad, he taught me this beautiful Yiddish sentence, which basically translates as the future of the world rests at the tip of the tongue. The future of the world rests at the tip of the tongue. If that's true, then how we speak ourselves about other people and to each other becomes one of the most important skill sets that we can possibly develop. Yet, my experience is that we don't spend a lot of time in developing skillful ways to communicate with each other. Mm. So back to myself, I put myself on a learning curve. I said, that's it. I have to learn how to do this. And in all honesty, one of the reasons I couldn't, because I was wracked by self-doubt and insecurities. And instead of retreating, I chose to create a very measured method, methodical approach to speaking in front of people. I began in a room of 12 people reading a report and slowly increased the amount of improvisation I had to do, slowly increasing the amount of people before me. And it took me several years to develop enough confidence to actually be able to speak in front of people. Moses seems to have that kind of, of foreskin upon his mouth that he had to find a way to remove through practice. And you spoke about how for you, it felt like your brain wasn't connected to your speech. Like you didn't trust that all cylinders were aligned, heart, brain, intention, you know, and then the words themselves, all that arises when we're about to speak, fears and concerns and worries and self-doubt. Um, so let's look at another organ in the human body that has um, a similar, let's put it in the positive, the possibility of um, maybe it's a healing even for that particular organ. So let's move to the heart, Repcharna. Talk about oh. what it means to cut away the thickening around the heart as we see in Deuteronomy 10, 16, and 36. Uh, I, I, I find the sentence where it says to cut away the orla, this force in around your heart. And then the, and then the pasuk, the sentence goes on to say, and stiffen your neck no more. I find that very interesting. If one has a stiff neck, one cannot turn it to see any other point of view. The Torah is very clearly saying, hey, there is this covering over your heart. Now, obviously, this is metaphoric we're talking about. We're talking about metaphorically the heart, metaphorically the lips. There's also two other organs we're going to speak about. Um, that there is a way in which we protect ourselves. I wonder if anybody on this podcast has ever been hurt by another human being. Why, of course, each of us has. And we know that felt 
sense of when we're hurt, we want to shut down. We want to protect ourselves. Um, and when we do that, we lose intimacy. We lose the possibility of teshuva, of repair. We miss the possibility of connecting with this other person. The Torah is instructing us to say, look, you have this metaphoric protective covering that you impulsively want to cover up in order to protect yourself. And, and, and we are being directed, no, stop. You have to actively try to work through that in order to stay open for the only way we can stay connected with each other is if we are really working in that territory of the heart and trying to keep it open. Hmm. Beautiful. So that we might, as the verse continues in, in the second uh, quote about the circumcision of the heart, so that we might love with all of our heart and soul in order that we might live. So like the, the stakes are high here. When we shut down, we're closing up our self-expression and as you spoke about our relationships with others. Let's you know, I, also, I just want to say one other quick thing that if you think about it, the mouth and the heart and the Psalms talk about connecting that as well. The mouth and the heart um, and the neck, of course, mediates those. The whole point is for the love, the heart and the mouth to have that kind of connectivity. I mean, think of a world in which our speech comes from an open heart. And think of an example of the kinds of people that really spur us towards that open-hearted expression. The poets, you know, people like John Donahue or, or, or Rumi or other masters, you know, Rav Cook, who could have the heart and the mouth connected in such a beautiful way. Mm -hmm. Powerful. And, and recently we observed the 50th yard site of Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, who was an incredible social activist, justice uh, marching with King, you know, Holocaust survivor, and wrote the most beautiful heart-centered poetry as well. So having it all aligned, heart, hands, words. Let's let's move to the ears. Jeremiah 610. The ears are uncircumcised. They are not able to take heed. What does it mean to cut away the thickening around the ears? Well, I, I again speak to all listening right now. Think of a time when you felt so heard, where the other person truly listened to you, where in their listening, you felt a part of you was reflected and seen and affirmed. We have the power to listen to each other, yet we stop, empty, center, and be present. We've all played the game of telephone. When something is said, and by the time it gets around the circle, it doesn't match how it began in part because our capacity to listen, truly listen, is unpaid as if the factor of not being present, a force that disallows that true listening. I want to say that the most universal prayer of all Judaism begins with the word Shema, listen, truly listen. What kind of gift can we give to each other 
when we truly listen, bring it into our heart, and then speak from that place. Mm. What's possible? Right, what's possible? Imagine if we slowed down enough to be conscious of our speech, to have it come from the open heart, and to be listening moment by moment by moment. What would that look like? What would your day look like if you could slow down enough and hold the self-judgment for all the ways and all the times that you've hurt others and yourself and missed opportunities and just start fresh with saying, I'm going to cultivate a practice because it takes practice, right? I'm going to cultivate whatever it will take to help me listen, love, speak from open heart. And let's move to the last organ that uh, is discussed in our tradition regarding circumcision and, and covenant, um, which we haven't mentioned, the word breach, the word covenant, that, that, that uh, committed relationship we have with life itself. And here we are humans with organs and with impulses. So speak to us about Genesis 17.10, the penis. Such shall the covenant be between me and you and your offspring to follow. Every male along you should be circumcised. Another or la, another foreskin. The point I'd like to make about this without getting too much into the realm of sexuality is that I consider sex to be a magical mystery tour. Um, it is something that is really beyond this particular podcast. Yet what's important here is this sense of how do we bring this impulse um, into consciousness? How can we become responsible in who, when, where? Each of these organs that we're talking about here the tongue, the ear, the heart, and the penis, each of them has an impulsivity that comes with it that we're trying to bring from our lower nature up into our higher nature. Each one takes work to really become a master of it. Um, how do we move these coverings? I believe that each of these organs are relational. They're relationally oriented. And that each one has an impulsivity that needs to be worked on in order to have good relationships. And that brings us back to Moses, his lack of confidence and his self-doubt. And I want to say that the opposite of doubt is faith. And that faith can grow through working on our own impulses where we learn to trust ourselves and bring that trust into connection. If I trust myself, if I have faith in myself, even if my learning curve is great, even if I have a lot of work to do, if I trust myself and bring that vulnerability into connection, then there is a possibility of intimacy into me, you see. So this is wonderful. It's inspiring. I want to before we close, take it to a step further to say, when we are not operating with open heart, with checking our listening and consciously relating, we could fall into patterns of 
of abusive relationships, of ways that on different levels and scales, we, we hurt each other and ourselves. When you spoke about doubt, Amalek, the numerical equivalent of Amalek, who is the enemy who feeds on the weak and the vulnerable, is the same gematria as the word doubt, suffix, of which you spoke, the opposite of faith. So think about what we're doing. Like there's no neutral. Either you're in this stance, you're working it, you're doing the chuva when you don't, or you're being an amalek. You're hurting a weak and a vulnerable other or self. So that's all I've got for now. How about how about you, Reb Charna? Do you want to bring us to close close here? I do. I just want to close today with a blessing. I want to bless each and every one of us with deep self patience and self-forgiveness to say, where am I on my capacity to listen, truly listen, to have an open heart, to speak with measure where heart and mouth connect. I wanna bless us with the capacity to take an honest look of where we're at and no matter how we have to grow, to accept exactly where we are now to bring that sense of compassion to ourselves and to take the time to begin to develop ever more skill to connect to each other. Because I think, I think my grandfather was right. The future of the world does rest at the tip of the tongue. May we all become masters. Amen. Bye, Shabbos. Shabbos.